Happy Wednesday, everybody. Hope you're doing well. Today is Wednesday. Oh my gosh. Wednesday. I'm trying to bring up my phone. Oh, here we go. Wednesday, December 21st. Boom. 8.02 a.m. here on the west side of the United States. It's 10 a.m. Eastern. We always go live at 10 a.m. Eastern uh, on our Facebook fan page. So if you're looking around trying to find out where do I watch this dang show, uh, it's on our Facebook fan page every single day. You can also find us on YouTube. Um, hey, we're also, if you just prefer to listen, you can go to Spotify. You can go to Apple Podcasts. Uh, pretty much anywhere you would find a podcast or some sort of show like this, we're probably on it. And uh, you can also, I think, watch on Spotify too. They have a new video feature there too. So um, if you would like, you can text WUL to 813-296-8553. Every single morning, you'll get a short little text message from us uh, when we go live, and that little text message will give you a little link. All you got to do is tap it. It'll take you straight into Facebook, hit play, and uh, you'll be immediately transported into our live, uh, and you can watch along with us. If you can't, we have uh, somewhere in the range of 600 replays of these shows uh, from the past few years, and we do it, – it's absurd. We do these every single day holidays you name it sometimes on a holiday maybe on christmas or something we'll pre-record it in advance but we're still gonna hit go live uh even on holidays and um and that's just because we want to bring you the best possible inspiration motivation for your day so uh without further ado let's talk about one of our guests uh today we have on Brittany. what up Brittany? hi how are you I'm good. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Where are you tuning in from? From Michigan. Michigan. Right on. Cool. Very cold up there. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. Well, tell us a little bit about uh, how you found Legendary. Um, you've been creating content for a little while now. Just tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about you've got different niches that you're creating content in, and I'd love to hear about, first of all, um, your journey to Legendary. Uh, meaning like, you know, you, you, uh, you're a full-time stay-at-home mom, which is a full-time job and you left your corporate job to stay home and then you found ways to make money on the internet. And I'm just curious how that led you to legendary marketer. Well, yeah. So when my daughter was born, I originally went back to work for a couple months. I was like crying every day. I hated it. I hated being away from my daughter. It was never a plan to be a stay-at-home mom. I was very much into money. My degree's in finance. So like I really, you know, enjoy money. Who doesn't, right? And then I made the difficult decision to be home with my child, which then our income got cut in half. And I was like, man, I really don't want to sell the house. I got to find ways to make up some of that income. And I started, you know, scouring the internet for things that I could do. I really got into content creation because I really loved, you know, as a stay-at-home mom, I was just loving being a mom. I wanted to share my motherhood experiences with other people. And I realized a lot of stay-at-home moms are lonely. And I built, you know, started building a community of other stay-at-home moms and sharing, you know, our, our life and activities we can do at home when we're, you know, when it's winter and it's cold for six months. How do we entertain these kids? And, you know, started... Just starting building a community with that and then i'm like okay well i'm starting to get little tiny nuggets of money from content creation how can i further this so you know then i started trying to make an etsy store and selling you know 
shirts and hats and stuff appealed towards moms. Um, but, and that, that did okay. I was, I started getting the hang of that, but I'm like, I know I can do more. And I stumbled across on TikTok, Emily, who's, I know has been on the show and is like a big, uh, you know, a, a great affiliate. And she inspired me and I was like, oh, this is really cool. I want to check this out. And so I checked out Legendary. I was sold after the first video. I was like, I was familiar with affiliate marketing, but I always did like, you know, the, like, you know, the little tiny, um, small commission affiliate type stuff or things. And I'm like, I know I can take this and do more with it. And I like, I never had an email list before learning, you know, going through Dave's program. And I'm like, I never saw the value and I've heard about it. But then after watching him and watching, you know, the step-by-step on how to get a landing page and an email list, I was like, this makes so much sense. Why have I not been doing this all this time? And now (laughs) two months or not even a full two months yet, I have like a combined email list of over a thousand people that I can reach at my fingertips all the time. I'm like, man, this is so cool. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of been my journey to finding legendary and, you know, how I started making significantly more income once I started implementing his steps and his programs. Wow. Really cool. And that's, it's super cool because we have a lot of people who come into our community who are brand new, right. And they've never heard of even the idea of like building an online community or making money on the internet. Right. And it's also cool to hear people who maybe have tried something or tried a few things or have a little traction and then are putting additional pieces together and finding value in our training in in ways that are maybe not as common for people who haven't ever tried anything. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is super cool. So you've got that email list rocking, you've got kind of multiple different pieces that, it's like a little puzzle. It's a, yeah. We have this thing at Legendary called the puzzle process. It's like an internal training thing, but it's kind of putting the pieces of the puzzle together. And it seems like uh, at least for, for a big portion of it, the challenge kind of helped put some of those pieces together. Is that right? Absolutely. And cool. along with putting some of the pieces, puzzle pieces together too, you know, when I started growing my mom community and realizing at all these stay at home moms, I created a second account that was teaching moms how I was making money on Etsy. And then after Dave's program, I'm like, I've got the things I use for uh, the programs I use for Etsy have affiliate programs. And sure enough, that's when I really started. I'm like, I'm going to sign up for these affiliate programs. And now when people are learning how to make money, using my Etsy programs, I get paid commissions on that too. So it's really like, I'm like using the same, you know, same processes for different things. So it's really cool. Crazy, crazy. Yeah. It's, uh, wow. What an, what a cool journey into, uh, figuring out there. I, I can't think of anything that's, that's more freeing and empowering than discovering, additional ways to monetize digital assets like mm-hmm. there, because there's infinite amounts of ways that you could do it and uh yeah it's just crazy so when you when you came into our community now i've got a couple different accounts that you uh pointed us to for instance making money with mama and mm-hmm. also that bam fam and so um tell us a little bit about like tell us a little bit about the different um, style of co- styles of content that you're creating and different accounts that you've got and kind of just 
what's the what's the purpose of them and and because this will help expand our audience and our community's mind about what's possible I think Mm -hmm. so tell us a little bit about um, the different kinds of content you're creating you're creating a lot of content and it's super creative it's super Um, cool thank you so my motherhood niche that I that I started on um I'm more all about just trying to be relatable to moms and trying to build that community of moms. So like I kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, a lot of my content is geared towards like humor, a lot of entertainment purposes, you know, things that moms can relate to that are like, oh man, my kid does that all the time. It drives me crazy or, oh yeah, that's relatable. You know, on top of, I like to provide some sort of value in terms of provide, I love doing activities with my kids. I've always been very hands-on and I think, a lot of people are looking for ways to entertain their children. That's not just a screen all the time. And, you know, yeah. uh, you know, finding some hand- things that are going to help their gross motor skills or help develop their speech. And my daughter went through speech therapy. I learned so many speech activities through my therapist that she told me, you know, you can share whatever. Um, so I was mm. loving to help other moms connect with their children. And, you know, I'm all about building a bond. You know, how can we build bonds with our kids and how can we, uh, increase their development and, you know, help them grow. So I started posting a lot of entertainment, a lot of activities and things like that. Um, and then when I found Dave's program, I started realizing, you know, that there were in, I would have like sponsorship opportunities here and there. I just personally don't care to do those. Cause I don't feel like they feel as authentic or affiliate marketing. I, I choose what product to promote and you know what I mean? It, it's something yep. that I actually use and that I love and I feel passionate about. That's why I prefer affiliate marketing so much more than any other, you know, kind of income stream with content creation. Um, yeah. So that's yeah, how totally. people really took to my activities. They really took to the humor of parenting. Um, I started building a community that way and, you know, started being able to promote certain activities I would use that I would, you know, if I bought a certain toy, that would enhance the development and that I can do uh, on a daily, you know, certain puzzles, things like that, that I could do with my kids. And then I could get commissions when people would want to buy those puzzles or use those activities too. Um, And then through my other account, making money with mama is when I started teaching people how to use Etsy to be, to make income from home as a stay at home mom. And people, you know, really like that too. That it's a lot more informative way of communicating with an audience rather than like entertaining and and it just providing a different kind of value. So I'm more informative. I still try to be high energy. I still try to be relatable, but it's yep. more of let's educate. Let's let me help you make money rather than hey, let's have fun with our kids together and you know act like we're hanging out over a screen type thing. Sure. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Wow. And I don't have any kids, but um, we we've been we've been thinking about having kids my wife and I and also I have eight nieces and nephews oh. and uh and so um while I'm not I'm not a parent I get the struggle of like creating meaningful time and meaningful experiences with kids outside mm-hmm. of just screens and TikTok and uh YouTube uh TV show celebrities you know right. and all of that kind of stuff and so, wow, that's super cool and really needed. And f- from what I've seen, that type of community that's really niched into something that's meaningful, mm-hmm. uh, those communities tend to grow, and, but 
some of them grow fast. A lot of times their growth can be a little bit slower, but what happens is it seems like those communities grow stronger. And so they sort of, there's this bond around something that just means a lot to people. Mm -hmm. And um, for instance, with moms and their kids and um, man, that's really powerful. That's cool. And I, I really love to, I don't know, I, this just comes to mind and I don't really know. Um, I obviously am not a mom, so I can't speak on this <laughs> like fully, but I do just think a lot of times when I hear um, of, of stay at home moms or even dads these days uh, who are, you know, they're at home, but left a career, uh, for instance, yours was in finance, um, left a career that was important to them, that they loved, that felt meaningful. And, you know, if you think throughout history, a lot of times, um, you know, think of all of the people who left jobs that they loved and really never got them back because there wasn't a way to make extra money on the side or something. There wasn't the internet. And it is just so refreshing to hear how people are finding the outlet for that fulfillment and being able to make extra money too while being with their kids and being at home and, and unleashing some creative energy too. And man, that's just such a cool thing to hear. So thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I feel like it gives me a little bit more of a purpose and identity outside of being, you know, a lot of stay at home moms kind of end up feeling boxed into to being just a mom. So having yep. this side hobby business income, you know, makes me feel like I have additional value, especially it was a hard to go from working all the time to taking a big hit financially. And, you know, it feels good to be able to help contribute. Totally. That makes perfect sense. Um so now that you've been, how long have you been doing that? When did you leave your job? I left my job in 2000, or it was actually exactly three years ago because my last day was right ah. at Thanksgiving time um, okay. of 2019. So three years ago. And um, that's oh. when I kind of started getting into really the content creation um, and starting to try and build a community. Um, but I wasn't very consistent at it at first because at the time my husband still had a, a really good job. He's now switched careers to something he cool. loves to do, which is great, but it was also awesome. a pay cut. Um, so now that's when I really started being like, okay, I need to, I'm going to hone in on this because I know I can do it and I know I can succeed. Sure. And then that's sure. when I really started to see the growth when I started being consistent and I started focusing on it and I started putting aside, you know, I started chunking and blocking out time where I'm like, all right, I'm going to get one hour done after the kids go to sleep. I'm going to just to block out all distractions and I'm going to power through either make five videos to post throughout the week or, you know, whatever it is that I wanted to chunk out during that time. And putting yeah. aside that time, I feel like has been so important into being consistent because I feel like that can be the hardest part sometimes is staying, staying active with it. You know, you might want to get lazy or you get sick or something and you're like, Oh man, I've been sick for a week. I don't want to work. And then you, you got to get, try and get back into it. Or now I block out the time I get ahead for like two weeks. And then if something comes up or I just want to relax for a day, I can, you know, I have stuff on autopilot ready to go. Uh, yeah, so smart. I too am. Well, yeah, that it just brings to mind something I'm thinking a lot through about the blocking of time. That's funny that we are having this interview because I, I really enjoy big spans of time that are open and sort of un 
whatever unregulated or whatever but i'm just finding that that's not a, a super feasible way for me to work these days mm -hmm. and so i'm i'm having to think through those blocks of time and how do you block out certain time how do you how do you make sure that what you've got on maybe a to-do list or maybe just in your head about you know i have to create these con these pieces of content every day and how do you execute on those my guess is uh what do you think my guess is that probably becoming a parent and being a mom you're a little bit forced into it <laughs> is that right yeah for sure <laughs> like <Very> routine oriented <laughs> right 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 yeah it's like hey there's only so much time in the day like i absolutely have to like this is it this is my block this is my hour I got to right. get this done and that's or it's I not going to happen. To my husband, I'm like, all right, this is my block. I'm like, if you can help like put the dishes away or something like that would be super helpful. So that's not in the back of my mind, like worrying about it. I just want to focus in on this. And he's been sure. super supportive through all of it and very helpful. So cool. Wow. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, we always talk, we kind of joke, but we always talk at legendary about how, you know, it's, it's sometimes can be tough to get the spouse to support or the mm -hmm. spouse to sort of like, uh, really like buy into to the pipe dreams that sometimes we entrepreneurs have or whatever right. but um but uh yeah we always joke about you know hey you know i don't know the number one way to get your spouse on board is just make a little bit of money and then yeah. they're suddenly like hey i got it i can do the dishes no problem you know right. <laughs> exactly. like, i i can help no problem at all this is great you know so <laughs> Did you find that, uh, did you find that you were entrepreneurial? Um, like, like, do you have sort of existing entrepreneurial energy or was it sort of just by basically by force that you were like, Hey, I have to, like, this is the way for me to make income and stay at home with my kids. So it was like a learned skill or did you have a little bit of entrepreneurial energy and, and firepower before, you know, having kids and stuff? I think a little bit of both. I've always okay. been a little bit in the entrepreneurial mindset because um, my father, you know, he owns his own business now. Um, he's always he's always wanted to own his own business and then he finally did it and he's been very successful. I've been so proud of him. And he always tells stories yeah. of when I was a little kid, you know, I would go to the Toys R Us or whatever, the toy store and be like, hmm, $4 seems expensive for chalk. I think we can find it cheaper somewhere else. And my dad's like, you're four. What do you know about the price of chalk? You know, things like that. And, I would right. always go to my grandparents and I would be like, you know, I can sweep your floor for $3. And so I've always been just like looking for ways to make extra money and try and, you know, work for money type thing. It's kind of, yeah, just ever since I was a kid, I remember being like, I'll sweep your floors for three bucks, grandma. <laughs> I love that. And then as I got older, um, you know, I did well in school. I, like I said, I didn't got my degree in finance because I've always been so I in love with the idea of money and making money and how to help other people make money. And then when I took a step back to be a stay at home mom, I just still had this like, man, I just know I can still do something. Um, yeah. And then I did put in a lot of learning to get where I am to learning how to make content, learning how to uh, get people to buy what you're selling, you know, how to relate to people you know some psychology behind content creation and building relationships with people and things like that so i do think there while i had some natural 
you know, wanting to be an entrepreneur spirit. I also spent a lot of time reading books, watching videos, um, you know, taking courses like David, Dave's and learning to be where I am too. Yeah, totally. In those early days, you said something there. In those early days, what what do you think when you were learning all of how to create content and stuff? Um, what what do you think was instrumental or what was really valuable to you? What were you doing in those early days? Like, were you you know just looking at other people's content in your niche? Were you like? just sort of daydreaming were you scrolling through and kind of watching what people were doing i mean how did you how did you go from you know everybody has their i always say everybody's got their day zero like mm-hmm. zero followers no no activity no nothing uh sometimes i'll pull up uh gary v who has um millions of followers on twitter mm-hmm. sometimes i'll pull open his account and then i'll sort it you know go go to the oldest to newest <laughs> And, uh, and his, you know, for a year or so, a long time, he was posting on Twitter, replying to people, and there was just nothing, just Mm -hmm. no replies, no retweets, no likes, no nothing, just talking to himself. That's basically how you have to start. You have to act you already have the following. (laughs) And so when, when you had that, what do you, what were you doing? What do you, if you could look back and, you know, say, here's a few things that were really helpful that I did or that I discovered in the early days to start growing my following and creating valuable content. What, what did you do or how would you summarize that for people here? Because a lot of people who are tuned in, y'all can let us know in the comments if this is you, are beginning to wonder. They just created a TikTok account. They're like, kind of like, okay, I'm going to hit post on this first video. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing. What, what can they do or what did you do that might help them begin to build their following? I think being very specific with your intentions, um, just to start being very specific and niche down, I think Mm. helps you grow a lot faster than just posting broad. You know, when I first started posting, I post videos of my dog, I post video of my kids, like I just want to be like, Oh, I'll just post about my life. Like, Sure. No one really cares that much about what I'm doing. You know, I got to find a yeah. way that's going to appeal to people. The The most important nugget of information I've learned is to create videos that people want to share with other people. Mm. And that's what's going to push you in the algorithm. When people are sharing your content, it's telling the algorithm that this is a great piece of content. People are sharing it with their friends. People are sharing it with their family. And they're going to keep pushing you to more and more people because they think that this is a great piece of content. So providing some sort of information um, that people are going to be like, oh, this is a good piece of information. I'm going to save this for me to watch later. That's an engagement mm. that TikTok, Instagram, Pinterest, whatever social media that you're using. When you say, oh, I need to save this for later because I need to come back to this. It's telling that social media platform, this is a valuable piece of content because it's engagement. Someone yes. saving your is engaging. Um, if I'm posting a tip for baby sleep, you know, in my motherhood niche, people are like, Oh, I need to send this to my friend who's struggling with their child right now. And they send it right. to that person engagement, you know, something that elicits right. a response. You asking a question, what do you struggle with uh, when it comes to parenting and people commenting shows engagement. So anything that you can do to elicit a response and you want to be quick and to the point, you don't want to have these long breaths of in silence. You know, you want to make sure people's attention spans are this big these days. You need to get to the point. You need to make it fast and you need to, right. you know, end it on a quick note so that 
people it automatically people don't click off your video before you know that again the algorithm sees if someone watches the video in completion that's a that's a thumbs up in the algorithm's view so don't be like dragging out the end you want to end quickly so that it goes back to the beginning and you're like all right that's a full watch bingo totally i hope that totally. all kind of makes sense i know that was kind of long-winded but there's just i've learned oh. so much about social media so i have a lot in my mind about it oh it makes perfect sense yeah <laughs> that's amazing i i i think that um i think that uh the the piece specifically about you know creating short to the point content that's super niche down right speaking mm -hmm. to exactly your avatar and it is a little it is a little interesting because a lot of times people are like, well, for instance, here's a here's a good example. Let's let's take out uh, Seth's comment here. That's what I'm currently struggling with is imposter mm -hmm. syndrome, right? And um, I'll, I'll tell you how I kind of respond or reply to something like that, and then you can kind of tell me, you, you know, your thoughts. But a lot of times, um, when we have this imposter syndrome, the the number one way that I think you can deal with that is to think of yourself on on social media more as a reporter. So, for instance, some of your most viral videos, I happen to see a couple of them, like Etsy shop advice, right? Or yeah. like um, part one and part two about stuff like that. And I, I think that viewing yourself as a reporter style marketer, as opposed to an expert style marketer, like a lot of CNN, Fox News, all these different news organizations – they're they're not the experts. They're reporting about experts. They're reporting about the news. And a lot of times people don't see that through that lens of how they could do that. But it helps because it, it removes all of the requirements of you to be this big stand up expert who's got it all together. And, um, you know, you can report on things that you're learning. You can report on uh, the results of other people. Uh, for instance, like if I was in a weight loss company or something and I was promoting some sort of weight loss um, recipe guide or something on on uh, 10 foods not to eat if you want to lose weight fast. Um, and it ultimately promoted some sort of company. I could I could go to that company's website and look for some testimonials to report about. You know, and I could look for people who had gotten crazy results and I could say, hey, you know, look at, you know, and I could do a green screen and I could do, you know, because I, I also saw you did some green screen videos. You could do a green screen and have the article above you and be like, look at this article. This is so cool, you know, and actually be like a green screen, you know, whatever weatherman or something uh, in front of the green screen pointing around and talking about different things. And honestly, that's what people love and, and the kind of content that goes really viral nowadays anyway is like people mm -hmm. love seeing green screen, people talking about current events, talking about what's going on in the world. And I think there's just lots of opportunity for that. What do you, what do you think about that or what's your, what's your take? I agree a lot. And on a side note, using green screen and TikTok features also will help TikTok push you in the algorithm because they want you using yes. the things that they create. Um, exactly. And in terms of imposter syndrome, I agree. You just have to, you know, the term, I don't want to say fake it till you make it because I do think it helps to have some sort of knowledge background, but yeah, reporting, a reporting style type basis. I see so many TikToks, YouTube videos, all sorts of things being like, look how this person made 
whatever, $3,000 this month, and then explains the technique. Because obviously, we can't be experts in 50 different ways of making money online, but we can share them and start building trust and start building that, you know, community. And then when it comes to pitching what you do know about, people are going to trust you. Exactly. It's so true. So true. And I think, um, you know, oh, wow, what a gold nugget there. Using the tools that are already built into the app. I mean, using green screen features, using funny filters. You know, I know uh, the one that's always funny to me is the one that's like, you know, the, the huge head one. Oh, um, I love that. <laughs> it's those videos get me every time. They're so great. But um, but using stuff like that with like a funny joke and stuff like I always see those going viral using green screen, using stitch. Uh, a lot of times people are confused or overwhelmed about how do I create a really great hook? Well, if you see a video that has 14 million views or something, there's a good chance that video went viral for a reason. There's a great hook. And you could, um, uh, a while back on one of our Thursday Business Blueprints webinars, I opened up the TikTok app. Sometimes I'll do this on the Blueprints webinars. I'll actually open the TikTok app live on my phone. I'll share my phone screen, which can be a little dangerous. And then, uh, and then, and then I'll go into TikTok and I will, uh, actually create a video. Like we'll, we'll search out a certain hashtag, find whatever's trending there. So this, uh, this mom, basically a homeschool mom was teaching about homeschool strategies, whatever. And I did a stitch with her totally disagreeing with her. I had no idea what I was talking about. I was just kind of making <laughs> it up, but, uh, just like kind of just railing on her. just like, you know, this is a, this is a bunch of BS. Like you don't even know, what you, you know, and just kind of like creating a little controversy. Yes. And I, and my point was like, look, this is a feature built into the TikTok app because they want people engaging with one another, uh, spending more time, having a little bit of like back and forth controversy or like funny or basically uh, stirring human emotion up a little bit to yeah. keep them on the app. And so I love that point of using the existing features inside of the app and and not going out. I would add on to that point by saying not going out and using like a iMovie on your Mac to create these really curated, edited videos that don't look native to the platform. Your videos should look native to the platform. They should look like they were made in the TikTok app because that's what people are used to. And as soon as they see something that's, abnormal um uh for instance a couple weeks ago this this girl was saying um is a client of ours she was saying you know my tiktok account isn't growing and as soon as we looked at her tiktok account we know i noticed that she was using this font from the app CapCut, and um and it just looked like this weird um like a kind of an old Android phone native font. It was like kind of cursive-y a little bit. And I was like, this doesn't look like it was made on TikTok. And right. people, as soon as they see that, they're just like, the emojis are all weird. And it's like this, <laughs> they just notice scroll. Like it's just, it's embedded in our brain. It's like, this isn't, this is some marketer or some, somebody's trying to, their intuition, their alarm bells are going off. And so, um, Man, that's a big point. It seems obvious, I think, to me and you maybe, right. um, who have been on the apps for a while. But from a creator side, 
for people who are newer, wow, what a gold nugget. That was, that was really important and really key. For sure. And I know from my personal experience, the videos that I've tried to make that I was like, okay, you know, I'm going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm going to film it outside the app. I'm going to edit it. I'm going to put like nice <laughs> captions. I spent like an hour on one video, like crickets. And then but when I post, you know, something that's 20 seconds, then people love it or, you know, it's packed with value. Yeah, I agree. Some people just like what they're familiar with. <laughs> For real. And I can't even I can't even tell you how many people we've interviewed and talked to or people at the mastermind that we've interviewed. Six, people have earned six figures online mm-hmm. and all of them say that same thing. They're just like, yeah, every single video I've ever made. It took me like, you know, an hour or two hours to create. And I was like, this is going to be the one I've curated yes. all yeah. these pieces. I put them all together. I, this is going to be it. And it's like a hundred views. Yeah. And they're like, this is my least viewed video I've ever put out. And then, you know, a, a 10 second stupid video with like, they're washing dishes or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, you know, 3 million views. And it's just like, come on, what? One of my videos in my motherhood niche that did the best in terms of bringing me affiliate income was literally just a 10 second video I already had in my phone. I didn't even record it for the purpose of just my kids riding a train together, like a little rideable train. And then people went berserk over this train wanting to know where I got it, where they can find it. And I'm like, all right, let's look at the affiliate program for this. And it, it got over a million views and I, I think got 8,000 clicks. Um, to, and that's just for the affiliate. I, you know, I'm sure there might have been people that went and found it themselves or did whatever, but 8,000 clicks just to my affiliate link from one 10 second video of my kids just riding along on a, on a train together. It's crazy, but it is crazy. It, it was what people uh, were looking for, especially it came at a good time around Christmas time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and Wow, another gold nugget. Here's the interesting thing I think is once you start to see like what I just heard you say is something that will change how people think about creating content because a lot of what people use um, in terms of like, for instance, one thing that's really popular right now is using like a text wall. So like Mm -hmm. it's a video of them doing something normal, but there's like, you know, two paragraphs of text and the video keeps replaying and replaying and replaying and replaying. And they get millions of views from it or whatever. But um, or they just put they just put some sort of captions over something, right? And so while they're out like just doing normal life, right? They got their family or whatever, they're just taking a 10-second clip or a 20-second clip, maybe walking into the grocery store or going to the park or uh whatever it is. If it's like weight loss or something, going into the gym or walking into the gym and you know, like they might even just film the treadmill thing, you know, or whatever. And and just grabbing tons and tons and tons of these types of videos throughout their whole day, just little bite-sized, bite-sized, bite-sized. And then you can go into the app at the end of the day, sit down for 30 minutes, and just create three, five pieces of content. And it doesn't – here's what's revolutionary, I think, is it doesn't require that you hold up your phone and you just be like, hi – Good to see you. <laughs> Welcome to my channel. You know, yes. you don't have to do that anymore. I That's so mind-blowing to me because it's just so simple to create content these days. If you see it through the lens of, 
oh, I can I can creatively put clips out that tell a story and use text and headlines on my video where I can generate millions of views, thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers um, as a total beginner. It's crazy. Right. It's, it's out of control. Especially if people at the beginning, it can be a little intimidating to like film yourself on camera. Like you feel kind of funny talking to your phone. And I totally mm -hmm. get that. Even like I've been with my husband, we've been together since we were 14 years old. I still can't film a video in front of him if I'm talking. And even when he's watching my videos next to me, I'm like, can you not watch these right now? These are for like strangers on the internet. <laughs> And uh, so, so I get that it, it can feel embarrassing and awkward if you pull up your sure. phone and you're talking to yourself. So having those new ways mm -hmm. of not having to do that and still being able to build a community until you start gaining some comfortability on the app, I think is so such a great way to start too. Such a great way to start. Such a great way to start. You can get rid of imposter syndrome. You can get rid of mm -hmm. fear of being on camera, uh, all kinds of stuff. Man, I if I was getting started, I'd go and buy a five to ten dollar tripod off of Amazon, mm -hmm. and I would have that thing on me at all times. You can set that thing up. Heck, you can say I, I got a little water bottle sitting next to me. I could set my phone up against my water bottle, turn on you know turn on my camera, and just kind of look at it. And I could like point, like make two right. points, and then like make a ten second video that's just like got a little you know, words moving around on the screen or whatever. Mm -hmm. But man, I'd, I'd get a little tripod. I'd bring that with me everywhere and, you know, set that thing up. Uh, whether I'm walking by the gym or I'm walking by the pet store if I'm in the dog niche or something like that yeah. or whatever it is. And I'd be, I'd just be filming little bite-sized pieces nonstop where it doesn't have to be perfect clips. They don't have to be super curated. Um, all of it filmed on my phone. Right. As long as you provide value, people are interested. Totally. Totally. Wow. Um, geez, Brittany, this has been really great stuff. And I'm really, it, I, I'm actually grateful for all of the stuff that you stirred up in my mind. I'm like, holy crap, there is so much good mm -hmm. stuff here. And, um, and I'm glad that we got to, I, I'm glad that you got to share that on uh, today's show for everybody. Um, for people who are new, I'll give you the last word today. For people who are new, um, for instance, lots of people watch this show. William's on here. Seth's on here. Paula's on here. April's on here. Um, lots and lots of people watch this show just as they're getting started. Mm -hmm. And they're they're sort of like wondering, huh, wonder if this is possible for me. Wonder if I can figure out how to build an audience um, and, and a following that would follow me. And maybe more importantly, could I turn that into money? Mm -hmm. Could I, could I actually pull that off? What would you say to those people or what do you say to those people, um, as they're just getting going? I would say so many people cut themselves short on their capabilities. They think they don't, they don't have the right confidence. They don't have the right look. They don't have the right relatability. You are likable. You can do this. You have so many tools at your fingertips. You know, there's so many different type of people that will love you, that will engage with you, that will love what you have to bring to the off, uh, bring to the table. You don't have to be self-conscious, you know, just start doing it and don't be afraid of, you know, there's always going to be 
those kind of trolls out there, but don't let them get to you. You know, you are likable. You are capable of it. You deserve it. You know, just start. Like there's so many tools um, and so many different niches that you can make money. I've looked at tons of different affiliate programs um, when trying to expand into different niches. And there's just so much potential to make money in any niche. You don't have, if you're interested in anything, if you're interested in crafts, if you're interested in uh, do it yourself things, if you're interested in motherhood, if you're interested in animals, sports, there's affiliate programs for it all. And there's people that are interested in you and what you have to say about it. So don't cut yourself short. Know that you're worthy. Know that you're likable. Know that you're relatable. Don't be like, I'm not interesting. You are interesting. And that's what I would like to share with every single person wondering if they should do it, you should. Ah. Okay. I can't say that better. <laughs> <laughs> that was really great. And uh, thank you for that. That's, that's, um, I hope that's motivating. <laughs> that's motivating as hell. Um, yeah. I was just, I literally just, I sent a message over our team. I said, Hey, make sure you, make sure you rip this uh, little sound bite. We're going to make this into a reel and post it in our group because that I, I want to make sure that our whole community hears that. Um, and, and I think it's, it is very true. There's people across all different niches, industries, and the main thing that you have to do as a marketer or, you know, affiliate marketer, digital marketer, whatever you want to call it, is you have to be able to create some form of value mm -hmm. and entertainment for people. And that's really it. Create a little bit of a fun environment for people. And that's what people are really looking for. Fun, but also, is there some value there? Is there something I can get from this? You create those things, that good kind of positive energy. And man any niche, any industry, you can build that following and then figure out how do I monetize this? Mm -hmm. But the first thing is how do I, am I connectable? Am I attachable? Can people watch my content? Are they going to follow me? Figure that out. And then, um, I think the pieces kind of fall in place, you know, then you'll find the 15 day challenge and figure out how to monetize it even better. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, Man, thank you so much for coming on the show. This was great. And I know you came on short notice. So thank you even more so for that. And um, yeah, stay in touch. We'd love to hear back from you in a couple months. If you want to reach out, you can respond to Roxy via email. And uh, we'd love to just have you back on the show. That'd be super cool. Well, thank you so much for having me. It's been very fun. Cool. Awesome. Well, have a good rest of your day. All right. You too. See ya. Okay, you can follow Brittany um, on TikTok. It's Making Money with Mama. You can also follow Brittany on Instagram at thatbamfam. Uh, and uh, go give her a follow. Let her know you found her on Wake Up Legendary. We'll be back here tomorrow, same time, same place, 10 a.m. Eastern. We've got another guest lined up. We're ready to rock. We'll see you back here on Thursday.